Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And this is a very rapid beginning because we just learned something about this episode we just watched. So, as you may know, because you're listening to this podcast, the most recent episode of Riverdale was called Fortune and Men's Eyes, which I knew was Shakespearean. Yeah, it's a quote from Shakespearean... Uh, Sonnet 26. Sonnet 29. 29, which yeah. I think is a part of the series that are to the fair youth. But well, I mean that would, I guess that would make sense. Um, yeah, but we're trying to figure out where <laughs> it was I from. will say when you first search up the name of this episode, uh, Fortune and Man's Eyes, what comes up is a film that was also a play called Fortune's Man's Eyes, mm. which hey is about prison. Great, yeah, a young man's experience in prison and exploring themes of homosexuality and sexual slavery. Which puts which a whole in- <laughs> new twist on how this episode ends. Which is an interesting interesting thought process do you think ras just googled films about prison films about films about films about young boys in prison and he just stumbled across this and was like "Ooh, shakespeare i don't know i don't know i don't know it's an interesting it's not the homosexuality part. It's no, the it's the sexual, sexual slavery. slavery. That it is a play that explores themes of sexual slavery. Which, I mean, this episode may also explore themes of sexual slavery. We, we, may, just, we may have just not known. We didn't know. And now we do. And now we can never not know. <laughs> Even if the show tells us it's something else. I, <laughs> I don't know if I believe the show. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. sure. I am not sure. Thanks, Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk about how last night I went out to have a drink and I just met a woman who just wanted to be friends with me oh. so hard. Okay. So hard. In what way? Well, I was like sitting at the bar and I was like, I'm working on my novel. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I like couldn't focus at home. So I just needed a change of scene. Yeah. So I went to Earl's and I went to go write and have some wine. And this woman sat down next to me and she was like, oh, I'm going to go do a spin around. Can you watch my stuff? And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she did a spin around. She's like, I think I want to sit one of those booths. Can anyone sit there? And I was like, yeah, it's the lounge. It's open seating. You can sit anywhere you want. And she was like, yeah, not that I don't want to sit next to you, but I just kind of want to open my laptop and do some work. And I was like, totally. Sounds good. You do you. That's kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. And then she was like, I love that you're out at the bar by yourself. And I was like, it's Earl's, but all right. Okay. Okay. And she's like, I never see women dining alone. And then it just spiraled from there. She was so impressed that I was dining alone. She had seen me there once before. She wanted to know if I did this. She started, like, pulling out her phone and making me look at her Tinder and, like, swipe for her and tell her what she should be into. It sounds like she had an idea of where she wanted that conversation to go and be damned if you won't bring it there. She was going to have that conversation. <laughs> she was like, oh, if I do this, maybe she'll invite me. She didn't invite me. I'm just going to do it anyways. It's fine. <laughs> she, like, gave me some of her burger because she heavily modified it. I feel like she- at a certain point that you should, like, at, right at the beginning, which is like, I just want to pull out my laptop and, get, and work stuff. You should be like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Work, work, work. She bought me wine. She made me share a slice of pumpkin pie with her. And eventually I was like, I have to record a podcast. Bye. (laughs) Not true. I have to leave. I recorded the podcast, in fact, today. But it's a good excuse, I guess. It's a good excuse. Interesting. Then she hugged me and she kissed my cheek and I was like, gotta go. Yeah, interesting. She was very nice. Yeah. And I looked her up afterwards because she emailed me. (laughs) Cool. And like she's she's a real person. She ran for a 
political party here in Alberta. Oh. Can you guess which one? You will never guess. Oh, is it UCP? No, it's Wild Rose. Oh, so so previous UCP. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, huh. Huh. Do you ever be like, I'm not a liberal. I sound like a loser. Or sorry, I'm not a conservative. I sound like a loser conservative. And I was like, you. Once I looked up, I was like, you were Wild Rose. You're. That's, that's very, very conservative. conservative. <laughs> Maybe that's why she. I mean, they don't exist anymore. Right? Yeah. No, I yeah. don't think they exist anymore because they all crossed the floor. Yeah. And then now we have UCP. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was yeah, a anyway. weird. If <laughs> you're listening to this, lady, you were nice. I don't know how you'll find my podcast because I never told you my last name nor what my podcast was called. Oh, she has your email address, though. She does have my email address. It also depends if she connects the links here. That's true. Do you, you give a lot of information at a certain point? It's like, wait, I met someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> you were a nice lady. It was a strange experience, one that I have never imagined before and will never have again. I never imagined this would happen to me. She also said that if I wanted to, in November she was going to Maui and the flights are really cheap, like $400. I think she was hitting on you. There's a point in there where it feels like it crossed the line, right? Maybe. Like, once she started getting you liquor and like that, like, like at a certain point that crosses the line. It seems like someone's hitting on you. Maybe she's making a new friend. I, I, I... I mean, but what she's like, you can get with me to Maui. <laughs> like, it just sounds like, like, it's just someone just like really trying to speed up the process. She just wanted to go from like zero to friend. Yeah. In two hours. Yeah. You can't go that fast. You gotta let it happen. You gotta let it happen. Casually. <laughs> Casually. Slowly. Slowly. Over time. All right. Well, do you want to get into this episode? Let's do it. Let's do this. This is Riverdale, season three, episode two, Fortune and Men's Eyes. Fortune and Men's Eyes. So it begins off and we have Jughead and he's comparing the first day of school to your first day in jail. Which, you know what, actually there's... Not inaccurate. Yeah, and and because before this has been a show about like high school, it's a cool way to bridge that gap. Yeah, it's a good analogy. Because it's a hard shift to be like, high school and now in prison. Now, to be fair, Archie is in juvie and he, I've never been to juvie, yeah. but he's in the most intense juvie. Well, he's in maximum security juvie. Which is, I guess... I mean, I guess... I mean, technically, he's in jail for murder. That's true. So I don't know why he's with these kids who were drag racing. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a wide swath of people. He's in there for murder. There's drag racers. Joaquin was just at a riot. Yeah, he was near a riot, <laughs> had a serpent tattoo. Yeah, jo- Joaquin was Joaquin was arrested for being near a, ri- near a riot and not 100% white, probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like he should just be in... S- solitary isn't that the only thing that there is in juvenile detention for murderers i don't know i don't know how juvie works i don't know how but juvie what works. we learn from here is that juvie works a lot like shawshank yeah he gets there he strips down gets sprayed down and deloused yep which sure but he gets to keep his snazzy adidas runners <laughs> which becomes a thing yeah. and then he immediately goes to a meeting with the warden like asap yeah, they the, pull him aside like hey the warden wants to see you which should have been a clue that obviously hiram has is involved is involved in this but when he first meets the warden, the warden's weird. The warden is kind of like on the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer when the principal is like, I'm a principal. I'm a cool principal. We're just going to tear up your student record. Oh, wait, you burned down the gym? 
let's put it back together. Well, no, but he's not, he's not as, like, cool as that. He, he, as a, that's why he's weird. It, it's actually kind of, he's, he's Warden Norton. He looks a lot like the comic book Mr. Weatherby. Yeah. Yeah. And he reveals that he read all of Archie's file and he's in there for murder, <laughs> but also he likes music. Yeah, and there's a music room, really just good so one. you know. No one uses it. And also be good in this prison. Because and- <laughs> it's prison. And it, it's just a confusing scene. It it sets a lot of things up, I guess. And Archie is conf- as confused as we are. Yeah. Well, he's, he's like, hey, there's everything you need in that music room. There's a guitar. There's you, what you play like violin, maybe. There, there's stands we you got, can put music on. We have a pedophile. Everything you need in music Ju- room. Just like in high school. Just like in high school. So then we have a short scene where it's like the show realized they did a bad job at the trial. Because <laughs> yeah. they reveal to us that those thugs, a.k.a. the other children who tried yeah. to rob The Archie, boys testified. Testified, gave false testimony. So, yeah, so it's clearly a false testimony. They didn't just testify like... We robbed them? No, they were like, no, we were we were all at a party at the house, and then Archie went mad with shooting. Yeah, yeah, that's I guess that's what it is. Yeah. But the dads. The hot dads. The, the dads are like, well, we're going to solve this, and then they don't for that episode. <laughs> don't do anything they else. Don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I as, presume we'll pick up this storyline later. At some point. FP gets kind of distracted, to be fair. I, sure. But what is Keller and Luke Perry Andrews up to? <laughs> Waiting for FP. They're think- just sitting in Luke Perry's living room. Do you think he's going to come today? We had a meeting three days ago. You said he would be here. We we're going to go rough up those kids. I mean, talk to those kids. Eh, rough up those kids. But we can't do it without FP. He gives us cred. <laughs> we need F- his street cred. FP's the bad cop. And then <laughs> then uh, me, Keller's the good cop. And you, Luke Perry, you're the Luke Perry cop. You're the hot cop. You know, you know that old way of doing it. Good cop, bad cop, hot cop. <laughs> Luke Perry's like... Why am I on this team? <laughs> I could do better on my own. <laughs> I could be good cop and bad cop and hot cop. I could be all the cops. Why am I sharing with you guys? <laughs> I could share the glory with all you and, and roughing up these boys. And that's why Luke Perry's not in the episode, because he goes <laughs> off to be all the cops by himself. Which I presume does not work. Because we don't hear anything further. But that moves over to Betty and her mom and Penny. Where her Polly. mom reports back about what happened as if Betty is not in the room. <laughs> not sitting, right. I, in fact, did not realize Betty was in the room until she had a line. Yeah, even though she's on the screen, her mom is so clearly just talking to Polly yeah. about Betty's medical situation. So Betty had a stress seizure. Yeah. She's being treated by Dr. Patel. Or that's what he claims. Now, Dr. Patel is the father of one of uh, Cheryl's minions. Yeah. Who we re-see this episode. Are they the same minions? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, there's an extra one. <laughs> but Tina's back. And I, the other one's back. I don't really know what the minions are. Anyway. Well, I mean, they, of course they could be there. They have the, they have that later of the scene with the Vixens. They're like, ah, oh, we can get it back in. Exactly. Also, a lot of scenes of just shirtless girls. They, and shirtless boys. It's true. It's open season. <laughs> this episode is just open season on shirtless people. So, uh, Betty... Or no, Polly says she was out all night so worried about Betty, and Betty was like, well, how are the babies? Yeah, Paul, uh, Betty's real open about her, quote-unquote, hallucination. Which they tried really hard to gloss over. They're like, oh no, we just had a hibachi for skewers. We had friends over from the farm. And I feel like Betty could easily walk into her backyard and be like, yeah, no, there's a fire. Because I think the fire was real. Yeah, well, I mean, I who, who knows? 
Who knows? They do have that, that lingering eye contact. It feels like a lot of this is going to eventually be revealed to be like, no, that was nothing. That was something. No, that was nothing. I think they were holding their babies over a fire, though. No, oh, maybe just, they just didn't drop they them. They just didn't drop them, and they didn't fly. No, they were trying out those cool, um, uh, these cool har- baby harnesses. Seeing if they work. Yeah. You know, they, they, have, they have a fly up in the trees. Yeah. But they only work if the babies believe in it, which is why you had to put the babies over the fire. So they would believe. That's where you want to go with this, huh? It's like not, Peter Pan. Not, not just that there was a cord that was held in babies and they did over a fire because they're maniacs. It's like Peter Pan. Okay. You got to believe in it. Oh, we can do that. You have to believe in technology for technology to work. Yeah, that's how it works. That's how technology, <laughs> technology works. Technology is... Uh, Magic? Is, is, is historically faith-based. It's true. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh, hard cut to the school. Dilton's dead. Him dead. Yeah. Real dead. But Ben is alive. Cool. Oh, well, he's... For now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in bad shape. He's comatose. Yeah. He's holding on. And, and they... I guess the sheriff gave Jughead all of this information and then was like, don't go tell anyone, Jughead. Either that or Jughead just, like, was... St- I think what happened is that they told it to a general populace, as p- doctors do. And Jughead was there. They just talk in front of a room and Jughead's standing there. And the sheriff was like, oh, no, Jughead. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh, no, the boy. <laughs> the boy was here. Why didn't we notice? Ah, uh, we don't notice anybody until they say a line. It's true. But he tries to come up with some, uh, like, things that could be, was it a murder? Was it a suicide? Was it a suicide pack gone wrong? And I'm like, it was a suicide pack gone half right, actually. They did what they wanted, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Technically, if you, if you do kill yourself, that suicide pact worked. Anyway, um, Jughead invites Betty to investigate for old time's sake. <laughs> hey, Betty, do you want to investigate this creepy, fun ritual thing? For fun. He does a good description of describing what it looks like. Of, like, you know, the creepy yeah. skull head and these wings. And, you know, there was there was uh, cups around their mouth were, were blue, blue. And the things carved into their back. And Betty's like, cool. I'll talk to the doctor. Maybe he can get us into the mortuary. <laughs> well, the coroner. Well, he, yeah. I mean, coroners are doctors. Yeah. But, well, I'm unwilling to, uh, to assume that these coroners that we keep meeting are... Anything other than coroners. Real coroners are doctors. I know real coroners are, Aaron, but this is a Riverdale coroner. <laughs> That's true. I'm not sure they don't go to a school called Creepy School for coroners. And at this point, my brain went sideways, and I have an important question. Sure. Does Riverdale still have a newspaper? I don't know. No one's working on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the register office still stands. And sometimes Betty and Jughead stand in the uh, gold and blue. Yes. So, and uh, I'm sure they used the uh, newspaper connections to get into the they coroners. They keep saying in this one like things like, "Oh, you should tell people," or "These things should be here." And I'm like, "There's ways to get news out, and there's usually a newspaper. You don't have to call a meeting for everything that happens." <laughs> but Betty was the only one to work on a newspaper, and now, she's too busy having stress seizures. Yeah, and her mom's too busy with cults. Great, and her dad's too much in jail. Do you think that cult would love to be in charge of a newspaper? That'd be great for them to get their propaganda out. Uh, they want to keep. They want to keep a small cult. cult they have for to now. build slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, back into the the uh, the creepy, not creepy, eh, hardcore. Creepy. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Hardcore juvie hall. Archie is informed. You're bunking with Mad Dog. Because <laughs> of course he's bunking with a guy named Mad Dog. And they never called this sweet muscular boy 
anything other than Mad Dog. Not even Archie. Which is horribly offensive to me. <laughs> even when Archie like learn like becomes friends with him, he's he never only asks ever him Mad his Dog. Name. Do you I don't think Mad if I feel like by the way that once Mad Dog starts talking, the way that he'd be, he'd be like, Hey Mad Dog, what's your name? Like, I don't have a name in here. In here you're nothing but an animal, so I'm a mad dog. In the outside, outside I had a name. But in here it's Mad Dog. Outside Arnie. Inside Mad Dog. So your name is So your name's Arnie. No, no, my name's Mad Dog. But Arnie is Is your name your name. I can call you Arnie. No. No. Mad, mad Dog. dog. Anyway, Mad Dog does chin-ups, is what Mad Dog does. And he does not really talk to Archie. However, he also has so many books, and a really old TV, and a record player. Yes, he has, he, he does chin-ups and listens to soothing music and reads books. As you do. He's also real ripped. Now, to be fair... I think he's supposed to be like 17. He's turning 18 in a month. Yeah. So I, he's almost a man. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, still. But his, his current body type is not a man body type. It's some sort of protein monster. And where is he getting them protein powders? He has abs that are trying to eat themselves. Yeah, he has like a 36-pack. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's crazy. This this man was hired shirtless, is what I'm going to say. And then they realized he had to wear a shirt in some scenes, and they were very sad. <laughs> when? When does, did he have he, to wear a shirt? Does he wear a shirt when they're in the yard that one time? No, he's shirtless. Does he wear a shirt when they take him away? Maybe when they're both exercising together, he might be wearing a shirt. No, when they take him away forever, they're like, come no, with no, us, that, Mad Dog. No, that's before he's taken away. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Maybe. I, think, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think he never wears a shirt. I think even when he's wearing a shirt, he's also just not wearing a shirt. <laughs> he does warn Archie, keep those shoes tied real tight. And this is a thing. I thought he was going to, like, in the I middle of the night. The in the middle of the night, he was just going to sneak his shoes off. Like, <laughs> I want your shoes. <laughs> That's how he got all the stuff. But then we learn eventually that apparently this prison's got a real foot fetish. Everyone just loves runners. And I guess it's kind of a metaphor for beating someone up, but also they actually do take people's shoes. Is Archie the only semi-rich person who's ever been in this jail? Because, I mean, the Andrews are not rich. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, the next day, at the school, at the high school, Veronica strides into Dr. Weather... Doctor. Into Mr. Yeah. Weatherby's office. And declares herself class president. Which is this was his running mate, which I thought she was like vice president. I In which case she should be president. So, so which it, though it sounds like to me that all this student council has is a president. And no other position. No other position. There is a president, which is not which is not a student council. If there's only a president and no one else, what you have is a student totalitarianism. Student dictatorship. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're, I'm running for the I'm running for the dictatorship in our school election. <laughs> you can't call it that. But that's what it is. We're using the word president. Anyway, so Veronica do they have running mates. Yeah. Okay, if she is his running mate, then she is vice president, and then she absolutely should be president. Well, unfortunately, the way that Mr. Weatherby apparently runs these things is the first person to talk to him. Cheryl, I guess, also strode in there. And declared herself president. Cheryl, who I don't think... No, she was in the election. Was was she in the election? Josie ran with Reggie. Yeah. Jughead and Betty ran together. I don't think Cheryl ran. I, I think, don't she, think Cheryl I, ran either. I think she, this was while Cheryl was in the straight conversion. Oh, thing. well then. Yeah. So anyway, so Bentley Cheryl... Bentley, they're not even going to do an election anymore. They're yeah. just like, hey, we did the election once. At this point, it's just nonsense. We're over it. We're over it. But Cheryl needs this, Kevin. She needs it for her college resume more than Archie does. 
which is insane because <laughs> Archie is in jail. Yeah, remember when Archie? Remember when Cheryl felt so bad that there was nothing she could do for Archie? Well, maybe she can help him being class president. She can't. <laughs> she does mention that um, that apparently Ethel thought she was being chased by a wing creature, which is a fun foreshadowing. <laughs> And everyone wears bras in this scene. Yes, there. You, yeah, we we see Josie. We see everyone. There's also a really cute moment, even though the logic is flawed, where Cheryl's like, "Look, when Kennedy was assassinated, Jackie O didn't become president. Jackie O was Jackie O wasn't Kennedy's running mate. <laughs> she says Lyndon B. Johnson did. And then Josie pops up and is like, "Lyndon B. Johnson got us into Vietnam. Are you saying you're Lyndon B. Johnson?" And then it just spirals. Yeah. I, I, I'm impressed that these kids know so much about, you know, their... Their own country's history. Which is good. But to be fair, I think Veronica is both Jackie O and Lyndon B. Johnson. It's true. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Candy also didn't date his running mate. He's it's true. So, or did he? But, no, yeah, maybe. We don't know. Conspiracies. Who knows? <laughs> uh, back at the prison, because he's going to be jumping back there all the time. Uh, Archie goes to find the serpents, including he, one whose name is Slash. But more importantly, Joaquin. Yeah, is Joaquin. There. Joaquin apparently came back into town. Just well, he did come back to yeah. get Fangs out of town, but then Fangs didn't go. Yeah, so instead he got arrested at that riot that no one else got arrested at. Yeah, because he was near the riot and got thrown into maximum security juvie. But Joaquin declares that Archie cannot be a serpent unless he goes and shivs a ghoulie. Despite the fact that he knows that he's Jughead's friend, and, and also Jughead is now the leader of the serpents. And FP gave him the tattoo, and FP is the former leader. Yeah, it feels like Jughead could just be like, hey guys, I'm the leader of the serpents. Get it together, Dumbo. What are you doing? It, it really feels like the serpents is a whole with just a bunch of different pods. Like, oh, here's the kid serpents who had a high school until the high school closed mm-hmm. down. Here's the jail serpents. Here's... And the jail serpents leader is Joaquin. Because their but their their big thing has always been like hierarchy. We are yeah. this our system has hierarchy. So and if you're the should, top serpent, so they should be listening to their top serpent. Top serpent, serpent Though, Jughead. Let's refer, we don't even really know who the top serpent is. We or assume FP. it's Jughead. But even if it's not Jughead, it's FP. Like this is insane. It's, it's so weird. Um. Anyway, Archie's not shiving anyone because he is not a murderer. <laughs> I'm not going to stab that random ghoulie over there. Why would I do that? Why? I think the ghoulie's going to become his friend. I don't know. I think everyone's going to become his friend. All those boys are going to rally together and fight against the warden. I think you're right. So, uh, speaking of boys, I guess, Dilton's still dead, and Betty and Jughead go talk to... They try to get to Dr. Curdle. Remember that creepy coroner that makes one appearance per season to essentially be like, Hey, evil things are happening. Well, this turn- boy's got a touch of evil in him. Well, it turns out that actor was not available this season. Yeah. So instead, they hired an equally creepy young man to play his son. Dr. Curdle Jr. Because that's the way it works when, <laughs> you see, when you are a coroner and you unfortunately pass away, they just go to your son and knight him like a king. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that. Yep. Got it. Metaphor. Metaphor. Yeah. He, he now is the king. Coroner. They knight him like a king. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Crown him like a king, whatever you want to say. Oh, I was thinking the king was doing the knighting. No, the king's dead. Long live the king. This guy's real creepy, and he also says a lot of foreshadowy things. Yeah, so he was, uh, 
Gilton was poisoned by Blueberry Fresh Aid. He reveals all the runic things carved into his back. And then he says, and I quote, This is darker than what happened to Jason Blossom and the Black Hood. This is the true face of evil. And I'm like, okay. So it says this character was brought in to be like, you know his last two seasons? Nah, this season's the darkest season. You don't even know how dark it can be. I worry that what's going to happen is Riverdale's going to get, Riverdale's going to get the supernatural effect where they keep on escalating to the point that they can't handle it anymore. Because Supernatural season one, oh man, Bloody Mary, we got to deal with her. Season five, we killed God. Like <laughs> That's what Buffy the Vampire Slayer did. It escalated so far. They were like, now she fights a god? <laughs> well, because the first one, they are like, ah, oh, master of vampire. The master. Um, the first. Oh, dang. No, the um, first is good. No, I'm just yeah, going, yeah. yeah lines and things. Um, so, but, yeah. yeah. And then they're like, I guess we'll kill Buffy, and then we'll restart. Yeah, so Riverdale is just going to hit the point where they're like, all right, first season, a body, a child was killed. By Second. his dad. Well, first season was a child was yeah. killed. Second season, the serial killer. Third season, cult. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Fourth season, bigger cult. The question I have is, when is Riverdale going to kill God? Season six. When Betty and Jughead are like, man, God's killing so many people. We got to figure this out. Archie, punch through the sky. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. All right. So Jughead develops his photos because that's how he takes photos of things. And that's that. That's, that's that. a scene. That's it. That's an entire scene. Jughead looking at the thing he just saw. Then Archie hangs in the music room, which is definitely the exact same music room as Riverdale High School. Well, no, it's, it's not. It's just flipped. It's, well, it's not actually, Aaron. This is an auditorium. This is the school gym. Yeah. Because they jump up on the stage as they're going to like get to him. This is a school gym is what it is. So he's playing blues and the ghoulies come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he does play, like, jail jailhouse blues. And then the ghoulies are like, mm, we're ghoulies. We're very mad that we were at the drag race and you called the police on us. Yeah. Remember the, remember that when that happened? Remember the drag race? And Archie's like, I don't know. You guys were going to do some killing. I don't know. Well, he didn't call the cops. No, yes, he, he did. did. Yeah, he did. Dude, but I thought, they, I thought they thought Jughead called the cops. They did. Who explained to him that Archie called the cops? They just know that Archie is friends with Jughead. No, they said you called the cops. I think they've just landed on the right thing. <laughs> just, so they just they just threw a dart at a board and were like, Archie called the cops. He's like, how did you know? And they're like, you just told us. <laughs> yeah, we're so smart. Ghoulies. So anyway, they steal his shoes. And by steal his shoes, I mean beat him. But not the face. And they don't actually beat him that much. He has one long scar along his back. He's holding a bunch of places when he sees Veronica later. But, like, when we see his bruises, his bruises are approximately as bad as my dodgeball bruises, which either says a lot about me or a lot well, about it looks, like he got, it looks like he got one real hard hit, like, on the back. Yeah. I mean, he does have rapid healing from all his, like, you know, robo things. That's true. But that, that isn't actually a bruise. That's just leaking oil. He just hasn't had a chance to fix it yet. Well, he's in a, he's in jail, and he Aaron. Can't, and you know he hasn't borrowed Mad Dog's tools yet. They aren't quite that close. <laughs> also, but he's going to get there. Also, there's no way Mad Dog has tools. <laughs> Mad Dog has a lot of things. Wait, wait, Mad Dog, you have tools on a lockpick set? I feel like they should, they're just giving you things <laughs> to let you to break out. They're like, and he's like, oh, you don't want to be like me. Don't get into what I'm into. I'm an animal here. That's why I'm eating the, the, the this... Laguini. <laughs> Mad dog. <laughs> he just 
has a microwave and he's just making Michelinas. I like I like how he's done apparently enough stuff for the warden to get like all these fancy things, but not a private cell. Mm. He and still, they put the new guy with him. He still has a bunch. Yeah. He could be crazy. They don't know. They don't know. He killed a boy. He killed a boy. And he's a robot. And he likes music. <laughs> all the things that make a crazy person. Kevin, he's done so many things. Uh, I do want to go to a quick one where um, Veronica, or a quick scene, where Veronica essentially, they, they they wrap up the hole that he got beaten up. Oh, yes. But Veronica has this moment where he's like, because he, he lies and says, oh, the Warren took my shoes. And, Warren, and Veronica's like, why would they take your shoes? That makes no sense. I'm like, that makes total sense. They, why wouldn't they take his shoes? They don't want him to m- commit suicide with the shoelaces. No, not only that. They took literally everything else from him. Why would they be like, oh, no, but you got to have your own shoes? Yeah, I've watched Orange is the New Black. They get shoes for prison. Yeah, you get the slip-on shoes. Yeah. Yeah. It... <laughs> Come on, Veronica. Why, why is that the one thing they would leave? I guess just so boys get beaten up for their shoes. Yeah, There's a very you... shoe-based economy. Well, you know they're too young to have cigarettes. It's <laughs> so boy they, prison. So they trade shoes. Exactly. Ah, uh, they're more expensive. <laughs> they're more expensive than gold. <laughs> So, uh, good news, Betty makes a little phone call, and Ben is out of the ICU. Yeah. So she'd like to go visit him, but first she has a visitor of her own. But first, bad news. We <laughs> Evelyn. Meet Ev- we meet Evelyn Evernever. Which who's is- Who's real creepy. Real creepy. She was there when Betty had her seizure, and she wanted to meet her, but blah, 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 farm, blah, 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 siege- seizure, blah, 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 fire. Ah, uh, we were just throwing some things into the fire. So, see, it was a fire. It was not hibachi, Alice. <laughs> yes, it's true. She did instantly ruin their, like, the Her other lie. Her cover story. I got one of May just be like, my mom, and si- my mom and sister said it was a hibachi. You know, made skewers. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, Betty's you're, just... You're gonna get your lies together. Instead, Betty's just like, this is real creepy. I'm outie. <laughs> well, I'd love to talk to you, Evelyn, but you're a freak. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, now we get to the C... D plot of the episode? The saddest plot. Yeah, the plot that stands out from the rest of it for only appearing a couple times, but just being repeated sadness. It's, you know, I know we should be sad for Archie, but instead, Kevin <laughs> comes up to Moose, and they've spent the whole summer together, and Kevin just wants to kiss Moose, but he can't. Well, he does kiss Moose. He but... does, and then Moose's dad is like, or no, Moose is like, no, my dad's here. He's the new teacher. <laughs> my dad's literally right down the hall. He's... He's... He says, teacher, he's running the ROTC. And he is forcing Moose to be a part of it. Well, of course. Because, yeah. Yeah, because he was part of it. And Moose is like, we can't. And Kevin's like, but my heart. Yeah. And then he's real sad by the lockers. Uh, we go over to Pop Tate, where, Vic- where Victoria, Veronica, is working. Because when you own... A restaurant, you have to work there as a waitress. Yeah. Well, that's what Pop Tates did. To be fair, I don't know where she lives. Me and neither. she probably needs money. I thought she was going to open up a speakeasy and have FP run it. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, turns out, that doesn't work. Maybe she's like, you know what? Turns out, I emancipated myself from my dad without doing any paperwork. And now I have to live in the speakeasy. It's Veronica's house. <laughs> it's also the name of the speakeasy. Also where I live. So... No one else can come there. My uh, house. Yeah. While she's working, uh, Cheryl 
comes in with her crew. So that's good. They're still alive. Excellent. She didn't murder them. She didn't murder them. Unlike our one fan told us. Uh, this possibility. Distinct possibility. <laughs> yeah. And until it was proven otherwise, which it has been. It was a good theory. She, I mean, I'm still I'm still pretty sure Cheryl can hunt people. Yeah, she, she hunts the, mo- the, the most dangerous game. We know this. She hunts the vixens who don't make the, the tryouts. You always wonder. Where did all those losers go? She invites him to her house and was like, thank you for trying out for the Vixens. Unfortunately, you did not make it. Fortunately, you have another purpose. You have five minutes. Run. Run fast. (laughs) I will find you. The last one remaining may be on the team. (laughs) As the alternate. (laughs) May be an alternate. (laughs) Anyway, Veronica kicks Cheryl out of Pop Tate. She is not welcome there because she... Well, (laughs) Cheryl was like, why are you mad at me? It can't be because I took everything from you. And Veronica's like, yeah, it is. That's exactly it, Cheryl. What what do you think? Actually, Cheryl, it's about Veronica. Wait, I'm Veronica. (laughs) It's all about me. It's all about me. And Cheryl's like, "Ah, maybe instead of being mad at me, you should do something productive. Like look into the Innocence Project, which gets people who are innocent out of jail. Yeah. I I think that's a real thing. I think it's a real thing. It's It's... I'm pretty sure the Innocence – I might make up with the Innocence Project. But something like that is very real. Yeah. Well, I think it's called the Innocence Blank. It honestly might be the Innocence Project. And you know what? If it is real, good for you, Riverdale. Yeah. I, which is followed right up by, by uh, Cheryl being like, I'm going to TGI Thursdays. Which means two things. <laughs> Riverdale has another restaurant. <laughs> And the show continues its terrible, terrible practice. Well, well I mean, this t- the town always has two things. It has one thing that's totally, something totally new. Pop Tate, the Pembroke, something like that. But then it has one thing that's a parody of something else. TGI Thursdays. <laughs> the five seasons. Well, or you're supposed to be like, oh, in this world it's TGI Thursdays. Who in whatever parallel universe is like, well, thank God it's Thursday, the day before we stop working. Yeah. Uh, Riverdale. I bet TGI TGI Thursdays has, like, mozzarella sticks that are already cool by the time they get to your table. It's just, like, a little bit sad. They play the hits of yesterday, but not today. (laughs) They play play all the number two hits. Yes. (laughs) Their drink specials are just a little bit more expensive than TGI Fridays. And and a little bit worse. Unless you want to buy a whole liter of wine. In which case, very cheap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like unnervingly cheap and it comes with two aspirins <laughs> comes with two two aspirins and it's in like a jug <laughs> and you can get it to go <laughs> <laughs> welcome to TGI Thursdays home of the wine jug <laughs> home of sadness um by the way guys tm 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 me and kevin are making this restaurant we're going to make so much money don't steal our idea <laughs> it's called tget tget <laughs> This is not a great acronym. Not good. Not good. So uh, Betty and Jughead go see Ben, who we learn in this in this scene's full name. The full name he was given is Benjamin Button. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Do you think River or do you think I Archie Comics had from, it first? Yeah. No. I. Because mm, mm. how case, long the curious case of Benjamin Button novel? is old. Like, but the, so is Archie. 
But is but could I, they have come out at the same time? Well, no, but it depends when Benjamin Button like, it, like I'm, I assume he's a character from the comics. Mm-hmm. You cannot just call a character Benjamin Button. No, not in this day and age. Not in the year of our Lord, 2018. Yeah, and just be like, oh, we'll just call him Benjamin Button. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, because Benjamin Button was written by F. Scott Fitzgerald, so it's like... Oh, so that's the 20s. Yeah, it's, like the, yeah, it's so way back that's there. that's older than Archie. Yeah, Archie, Archie was around the, the 20s. So... <sighs> anyway. <laughs> interesting choice. We meet Benjamin Button's mother. Yes, Mrs. Button. Is actually a lovely woman. Yeah. Doesn't know a lot about her son. Yeah, she's a... One-dimensional character. She yeah. she does what she needs to do. She gives him a lot of information. She reveals that definitely Miss Grundy was sleeping with him. Yep, because he was real sad after his piano teacher was murdered. And there's a moment where where Betty and Jughead just go, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, moving on. Cool. Anyway, this summer, he made friends with Dilton. He fell into this game. Everyone's been real weird. Also, this other girl came to visit them and hung this weird stick figure on the door. Yeah. She doesn't know her name. It's a girl with a bow in her hair. (laughs) There's only one person in this town who has a bow in her hair. And I love that Ethel is so forgettable that this woman could not remember that she met a teenage girl in the year of our Lord 2018 named Ethel. No. Well, I mean, she also might have not just never said her name. That's true. She's been like, hi, I'm a friend. I'm going to hang this up. Don't worry about how creepy the stick man is. It's fine. But then they learn another trooper is missing. (gasps) Oh, yeah. They learn that because the sheriff bursts in. He's like, stop investigating murders. (laughs) Hey, stop doing stuff. And then once again, a person comes up, which is another like. Another police. Not Jerry. It's a police officer who's not Jerry. Yeah, who's 16 years old. Wearing blue because she's a trainee. <laughs> yeah, whose costume department was like, this might fit you, but they did no distressing to it. Yep, she's first day on the job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, hey, hey, another kid's missing. Stop saying things in front of the... <laughs> <laughs> you can see Jughead and Betty look at each other and their eyes light up and the sheriff is like... Oh, they're going to investigate. I do like that Jughead and Betty's main investigation style is to be around when when information is said to other people. Really, they just hang out by the sheriff. Problem solved. Stop, stop following me. You can't just follow me looking for information. Keller told me you would do this. I ignored him because Keller's a dumbo, but... Because <laughs> he got kicked out so I could come in because I'm corrupt. I mean, not corrupt. Not dumb. Good. Sheriff McGruff. I caught the black hood. No, you did. No, we did. <laughs> we caught the black hood, but I arrested him. When he was trying to kill me. Legally, I caught him. <laughs> black hood. I'm the best sheriff ever. <laughs> Better than Keller, at least. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Well, Kevin. We have retreated from winter into fall. So I am drinking... <laughs> from winter, back into fall. As it happens in Canada. As, as, as it shall be. So I am enjoying a delicious fall beverage. A crisp, refreshing apple cider with alcohol. It's quite good. Yeah. It's a lone tree cider. We've gone through this before. I think I've drank this before. It's a BC cider. But it's very seasonal. Yes, it is. Kevin... Would you like to partake in this seasonal beverage of joy? I'm really looking forward to winter, so I'm just going to hold on to that dream and like yeah. drink pretty much as hot chocolate for the next four weeks. It'll come back soon. Yeah. If but there's one thing we know it. from TV, it's that winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Veronica goes 
in a weird scene to talk to her mom. And her mom's like, dude, I'm not getting between you and your dad. <laughs> Rug is like, you don't have to get between me and my dad. Just get between me and my dad. I am coming to you as a citizen of your town so that you'll sign this petition so that I can have a chapter of the Innocence Project here so I can get Archie out of jail. And some part of me really deeply wanted her mind to be like, all right, well, as the corrupt mayor of this town, no. I'm in the pocket of Hiram Lodge. <laughs> Glad we could do this, Veronica. Nice try. Like, what what, what was Veronica's plan there? Yeah, I'm not sure, because she's 100% putting her mom between her and her dad. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do exactly that. Enjoy. Which, and later we learn that she apparently set it up anyways. So this, really, this scene just exists to get, like... It's to remind us that Hermione is mayor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also that she doesn't want to get between Veronica and her dad. (sighs) I don't know. So we have a short scene where Betty and Jughead confront Ethel. Turns out she made the wooden thing as protection from the Gargoyle King. Yeah, to protect Ben, her boyfriend. I want to point out that Ethel is reading a book called Ship It that has a drawing of two young men. And it's definitely published fan fiction. Probably about Harry Potter. It's <laughs> it's real good. It's it's something about boy kissing, I'll tell you that. It's like a very small detail, but it's so good. There's a genre of anime that's called BL, which is boy love. And this is boy love. This is BL. Also, she reveals to us that uh, Dilton has a secret bunker in the woods where they all hang out. <laughs> I can show you it, but we have to go at night. Because that's when it's spooky. <laughs> Which should have thrown up all the red flags in Betty and Jughead's mind, where they're like, yeah, no, I understand, you have to go at night. Betty and Jughead are good detectives, but not smart detectives. They have high intelligence, low wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So then we have a scene that we alluded to earlier, where Mad Dog tries to warn Archie how he has to take care of himself, because in here... On the inside, you're an animal in a cage. You can't be a human. You better be an animal here on the inside. (laughs) The amount of times in this episode that Archie and Mad Dog say the words animal. It's a lot. It's a lot. If you did a drinking game, you'd be dead. (laughs) Archie's like, Mad Dog, why are you so mad, dog? (laughs) dog Because I'm an animal. I'm a mad dog. In a cage. You gotta I do lash thi- out. You gotta do things. He's, yeah, he's like, how do you get all that stuff, man? You got so many cool things. Don't be like me. Don't get tagged. I'm like, so, uh, Fight Club. It's a boy fight club. It's a fight club? It's gotta be a boy fight club, right? We'll talk war- about this more, but it's a boy <laughs> it's a, fight club. It's a boy club. fight club. It's the thing we said jokingly in OC. Is but now re- it's This real. show did for real <laughs> is make a boy fight club. I mean, if there's one thing we know... We know that the creators of Riverdale listen to our podcast. We also know he watches other content. So this is our fault. It truly is. This is our fault. Uh, Betty and Jacob get home and their parents are mad at them for investigating. investigating. They say, hey, you kids, don't investigate. Betty, you already had a seizure. And then Jughead's like, what? Wait, what? And Betty's like, I'm running to my room. I hate all of you. It's a very teenage moment. And she runs to her room. Yeah. That's, that's that. That's pretty much that scene. We decided to mention it. Short scene. Reggie and Veronica visit Archie to give him new shoes. <laughs> and when Archie looks up, he's like, I'm going to be up again. <laughs> and then Reggie's like, the football team man, going to be pretty good. 
but we need you. And then there's a music cue, and then he looks at Reggie, and then Veronica, and then the shoes, and then Reggie and Veronica, then smiles and look at the shoes, and looks at Veronica, and then looks at Reggie. It holds for way too long. And it's confusing. Until I'm like, oh my god, football's gonna be his... He's motivated by football. He's gonna do a football thing. He's longest yarding this. He walks out to the yard, and he chose to wear his prison shorts instead of his prison pants to best show off his new shoes. <laughs> and, and everyone is instantly furious. They're, they're so like, mad. look at them shoes. And they all stand up and approach him, and he's like, no, we will not be dogs. I have so much hardness. I'm going to talk to a – I've been here for in prison for two days. I think I know how to talk to all of you jail people. I have the solution. Football. <laughs> And, and the MVP of the game gets my shoes. And surprisingly, he does not get beaten up right there. No, everyone's very excited. Oh, he does have this moment where he's like, we should have been in school doing this. And then a ghoulie's like, I dropped out in grade four to sell drugs. To help my grandma. What are you going to do about that? Or just like, okay. Would cool. you like to learn schooling? We can work on schoolwork here <laughs> do you want in me to, jail. Do you want me to teach you to read? I can teach you to read. I'm a robot. I can teach. I I I have jumpstart. Uh, I'm like jumpstart grade four or jumpstart grade five. I guess is what you need. It's all <laughs> programmed up. I also have Mavis Beacon, so if you want to learn how to type, I can teach you how to type. <laughs> Just plug my finger into a computer. We can get this done. Don't worry, I'll help you. I'll help you, bro. <laughs> and once again, they're very receptive, which makes me feel like Aaron. I have a question for you. Yes. What movie did Roberto just watch before the this? The Longest Yard. He definitely watched The Longest Yard, right? And he was inspired <laughs> to do a heartwarming prison story. What I think happened is that he started watching The Shawshank Redemption and was like, oh, this, this is, is such a downer. Hey, The Longest Hey, Adam Sandler. Oh. Oh, The Longest Yard. What if I combine the two? It'll be the perfect art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But the warden, we do cut over to see the warden and he's just sort of like... Hmm. Football. Good. My plan is coming to no, pass. No, he hates this. No, he likes it. No, he definitely does not like it. I think he's intrigued by it. Hmm. You keep on wanting the warden to be like... Oh, no, I don't think he's a good guy. <laughs> no, but but I, think he, I think this is all his plan. I, there's... Aaron, nobody in existence could have predicted this moment where Archie Andrews, after getting beaten up and like in maximum security juvie, is like, hey, friends, why don't we play football together? Really? You're surprised by this? Because I know Archie and this seems accurate. <laughs> yeah, but who in reality would expect a human being to do that? To and be he like, oh, he'll rally, you know, all these hardened boy criminals. Uh, he is a boy who has started two armed militias. Of course he can do this. <laughs> but he did that mostly because people just wanted to take their shirts off. Well, they can also be shirts versus skins. I will say Mad Dog helps him out here. Mad Dog does help yeah. him. Yeah. Anyway, back at Betty's house, she does not want tea from her mom. No. But her mom apologizes yeah. for, like, revealing the seizure and for wanting to look after her daughter. They have a, they have a, a sweet little heart-to-heart about the seizures. Until Alice leaves. And then Betty sneaks out. Yay! Yeah, to walk in the creepiest part of the forest with Jughead. She tells him about her seizure. The yeah. wind blows. <laughs> and then somehow they did not notice. In front of them, they're like, hey, is that Ethel? No, it's a giant thing covered in a sheet with like... Sticks Stick wings it. and a bone. And he tells you super tall. I'm like, 
how did you think, hey, is that Ethel? You it, know, Ethel. It looks like someone made a Wendigo for their school play. Yeah, it's there's there's a sheet and someone glued a whole bunch of sticks to it. Yep. And, and put blood on it. And it's creepy. Yeah, and they stand there for a long time just being like, hey, what do you think that is? I don't know, it's moving though. And then once it moves into the light, I guess, they run away. Yeah. But and it can't move fast. Because it's covered in sticks. Exactly. And sticks will fall off if it, it runs also, too fast. also, I believe, is two boy, like two of like the, I think it's Ethel and Scout, the guy who we meet later. Oh, just yeah. Just on each other's shoulders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Ethel's on top. And the small boy is like, but you're taller than me. You should be on bottom. <laughs> like, but you got such strong legs, Scout. But I'm the shorter one. From all that scouting. It's a pyramid. <laughs> so, yeah, they run away. But then they decide they're still going to the bunker. And they can tell where it is because it's super obviously marked on Jughead's map. Yeah, he's like, oh, there's a symbol here. What do you think that means? Well. It looks like a bunker, so. Be- <laughs> it's the bunker. That's, this is where the boys are found. This is where Ethel wanted us to meet her. Clearly luring us into a trap to see this creepy thing. But obviously this round thing right next to it. Must bunker. be the bunker. It really bugs me that the rest of the, ma- the map that's actually a map has not been used yet. I have to assume that's going to lead up to something, right? You know, on a normal show, yes. Because they're like, oh, down here, drawn in the corner of the map is this thing. Yeah. Like, there's literally a map. You know, Kevin, you know. <sighs> So we have another prison visit scene where Archie is like, oh, Veronica, all you can do for me is to be spirited. And Veronica's like, oh, I guess he literally says, you know what? I think these guys are the ones who need a pep rally. So Veronica (laughs) Veronica. trades the presidency for a pep rally. Yeah. Once again, not Not really trade, not really understanding how trades work. She's like, sure, I'll give you exactly what you want if you give me a teeny tiny thing. <laughs> I'll give you exactly what you want if you give me about an hour and a half of your time. But yeah, they're obviously doing a pep rally for the prison. Uh, back to the, the sad sea storyline. And it's just Moose and Kevin being real sad. Yeah, Moose comes in with all his ROTC guys and they're having food. but he Can't hang out with Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's like, oh, you're ashamed of me. It's I, There's no jokes about this scene. It's honestly a good... It's really sad. It's a good written, like... It's a good moment between these characters. Man, if that if this was in, like, another show, I'd be like, oh, cool. This is a cool, interesting thing I'm interested in. But it's surrounded by nonsense. By nonsense. This is, like, a realistic problem that teens are dealing with. Well, and, and now to another realistic problem teens are dealing with. Maddog and Archie are working out together. Weirdly in their room. Archie's doing push-ups and Mad Dog's doing, like, uh... What tricep is, dips. Tricep dips. But Mad Dog, he, he can't say. He's got things to do. He's an animal. And he just needs Archie to know that when he came there, he had a mom. He had a girlfriend. He had friends who visited him. And then one day, the warden said, no, no more visits. They're bad for you. And now he does things for the warden. Don't do it. It feels like there's more to that storyline. Why would they just stop visiting him? Well, they're not allowed to. I feel like they could have petitioned or something. Warden said no. <laughs> ah, he said no. Because you're gonna have to give up. And uh, I mean, they're not main characters. No, exactly. They were not been cast. <laughs> they have no backbone. And they're just plots. They're just plot points in the background of a character. So in one month, Mad Dog will be transferred to an adult prison where he'll be for twenty years. It feels like Mad Dog is also a murderer. Murdered a bunch of people. But Archie. Has a future. 
when he leaves this place, <laughs> despite the fact that Archie also a murderer. But Archie pleaded down to two years. That's right. Manslaughter. I, I guess Mad Dog is, and also, there's no reason to assume he's innocent. I think Mad Dog is straight up a murderer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I mean, he might be innocent as well. We honestly have no idea about this character. And we never will, because some guy comes and takes him away, because it's time. To probably do the boy fight club. Mad Dog will not play football. Boy fight club. No. Well, he can't play football. He's got his boy fight club. Yeah. So now we go to the bunker. In the daytime, because apparently you didn't have to go at night. And we find out. <laughs> Clearly a trap from Ethel. That these boys, and also Ethel, have been playing griffins and gargoyles. They're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And they specifically use the line, they're in pretty deep. They've, Because, <laughs> you know, they've got miniatures, Aaron. And they have drawings on their wall. Like, <laughs> she points at a drawing of a gargoyle and says, does that look like the thing we saw last night? And let's answer that question, Aaron. It does not. No. That looks like a drawing of a gargoyle. What you saw, saw was a like a man with sticks. Yeah. <laughs> but sticks sure. and bones. But sure. That's what it looks like. Literally, he just saw a gargoyle. was like, ah, gargoyle king. <laughs> Great. So Good. they do some more investigating, take some pictures. They, they, they see the thing where it says where they have drink from the correct cup and ascend to heaven. They're like, oh, man, it was part of the game. At which point I realized, yeah, they're 100% going like maze and monsters, satanic panic. Thanks, show. This is the year of our Lord, 2018. <laughs> yeah. This has not been a thing for 35 years. L- last night, I literally played Dungeons & Dragons to raise money for charity. Yeah. So, hey, that's a fun poll. Real timely. Very yeah. topical. Great yeah. work. So, so Aaron, can yes. you guess what movie Roberto watched? Oh, it's, it's Maze and Monsters. Oh, yeah. It's a Tom Hanks one where he goes, like... Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Or maybe he also watched The Page Master and just decided to make it about <laughs> a game instead of a book. Mm, that's also possible. <laughs> anyway, they find a boy. Yeah, there's there's a hissing boy underneath the couch, underneath the bed. He does a hiss at them. <laughs> He's painted his face black and green. And then they cut to commercial and they cut back and time has passed. I don't know what has happened between them and this moment, but all of a sudden that boy's now just eaten out of a tin can. Explaining everything that's happened, he was told to stay there until Dilton came back. But Dilton's dead. And he's like, no, that's a lie. Then Ethel apparently warned him that two enemies would invade the bunker. Which means Ethel went there and warned him and did not tell that young boy that Dilton was dead, clearly, because he would leave, I would assume. Yeah, way to go, Ethel. Ethel's real bad. Also, Ethel is not actually dating Ben, just in the game. Yeah, and her, her character's dating him in the game. Princess and because Ethelene. Yeah, and because we're going full, just, just full satanic panic, apparently Ethel cannot tell the difference between the game and reality. You know what? That's fair. Because how many teenagers do you know who have, like, acted opposite to someone? Yeah. In a play, and then, then just, just been like, oh my god, they're my love. Teenagers are very bad at emotions. Yeah, that part I can see. Um, However, she... <laughs> she takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they're going to take that child home. Yep. And now is a fun scene, which I'm going to say is probably the party of this episode. Part of the episode. Boys play some football. There's prison football. There's a little bit of banter between Archie and Head Ghoulie, whose yep. name we don't know. But it's distracted. Because they see something walking across a field. With, with, there's no, 
who knows where these girls came from. And we were very puzzled for a long time because it takes a long time for them to show us that the girls are in a field across from the prison. We thought they were somehow in the prison. Yeah, and we're like, how did this happen? You no, can sign off on this. No, they're just on the other side of a, of a small chain link fence. And then they do their pep rally to Jailhouse Rock. And it's sassy and sexy. And they sing. And not cheerleading. It's not cheerleading. <laughs> but they and sing. the boys go wild. There's some real weird shots of Archie smiling <laughs> with, his, with his arms invisible and just the chain link fence shaking. Yeah, it's unsettling. Which, <laughs> which doesn't look great. <laughs> yeah, they're implying some things about these boys. He's just like, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Anyway, the boys love it. But then midway through the dance number, Veronica wanders away. Because Hiram has showed up. And Hiram's like, well, you know, this guy's a business partner. Yeah, Warren Norton is in his pocket. And uh, he's, you know, you're not going to be allowed to visit Archie anymore. Uh, well, I'm going to finish my dancing. She goes off to finish her dancing. But apparently before any of this happened... He Hiram had set this up with the warden. Well, because the warden invited him to come watch the football game. I guess. And then Hiram looks at the warden, <laughs> and he winks. And the boys all wander away from the dancing to play more football, I guess, because yeah. they're so inspired. Yeah, it's a pep rally. But the warden, he saw that wink, and he shouts, and I will be very clear. It's not, it's not a wink. I don't know why you why you keep on ascribing weird things here. Where, where what did Hiram do? He, he just nodded him. at him. He gave him the nod. Aaron, I have a question. When, when you're trying to, like, signal someone, like, oh, I do it, do you wink at them? Oh, no, I'm bad at winking. Well, yeah, apparently you don't know what it's for. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's a, if it's a nod, it's a nod with the feeling of a wink. I no. No, that's not what a wink is for. It's not a sexy wink. It's a, like, ooh, we're in on this plan together wink. Aaron, <laughs> What? I what? Stand by it. What? They're conspiring, and they conspire you through wings. You don't wink at people you're conspiring with. Yes, you and, do. And there's like a heist, and like all these criminals, and they're like they're they're you know they're they're stationed all around the the bank, and they're ready to like start start the heist and that thing. And one turns the other one and just like gives them a good solid wink. That, that's, that's not so much better than a nod. It's <laughs> so much more subtle. You, you think you think one person winking at another person is less subtle than just the head bob. More subtle, better. <laughs> it's not more subtle. If I saw someone winking at someone across the room, I'd be like, those people are gonna go bang somewhere. <laughs> no one ever notices when a wink is happening. <laughs> I disagree. I think when someone winks, the entire room just, like, foom, focuses on them. Anyway, <laughs> whether it's a wink or a nod, it's a signal to stop the riot. Now, who is the warden shouting stop the riot for? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sorry, not to go back to this. There is a chain of this where, where Hiram nods at the warden. Yeah. And then the warden nods at the head guard. And then the guard nods back at him. And then they shout stop the riot. Which... I agree with you. I don't know who they're playing that for. He literally could have turned back and just said, beat him up. And who's going to, like, yeah. who are they playing for? Who's there? Because if there were, like, cameras or something. They, they could would, see there's no they riot. They obviously catch that there's just boys standing around. And with that being said, none of those cheerleaders have a cell phone. Which I find, frankly, shocking that no one has any device to record this non-riot yeah, on. Yeah, that none of those teenage girls 
Like, I understand they're dancing, but I have seen teenage girls dance. They all put their cell phones down next to the boombox. Yeah. 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 Instead, they, all they can do is watch as uh, the riot come in and start beating up boys. But Archie punches four <laughs> men in the head. He, he apparently he apparently he like knocks out three of them. Yeah. It's, yeah. He goes full robo on them. So Archie is taken back to his cell. He's like, wait, where's all Mad Dog stuff? And then the guy who drops him off says, oh no, Mad Dog died in the riot. That you started, Archie. And Archie's like, he literally was not there. And at this point, I turned to Aaron and said, remember the reason why all this is happening? Because Veronica was sassy at her dad. Yeah, I can't believe that in that somehow this show has both raised the stakes by putting Archie in jail and having like this warden be like, "Oh, now you caused a riot and they caused a warden like a, a death," but also vastly lowered it by making the motivation behind it being like, "My daughter was mean to me because of you." And like literally every scene we have between Hiram and Veronica just reinforces it. Yeah, it. When back when it was like, oh, Archie tried to turn on him, and he's like, I gotta send this guy to jail. Yeah, made sense. Also, hire. I feel like Hiram could just hire someone to stab Archie. Yeah, hire one of those ghoulies. Like, I feel like that would have solved this problem. Or he, Joaquin. He's already accepted he burned the bridge with Veronica. Yeah, I just feel like kill that boy. Well, Joaquin. Yeah, just hire that that ghoulie who wants to stab him. Yeah, be like, hey, uh, I'll pay. Here, I'll give you, like, you know, $10,000, or I'll, I'll reduce your sentence. Go stab that boy. However, that ghoulie is now Archie's friend, because Archie brought girls <laughs> near the prison. <laughs> I saw some girls! You're on my good side! Uh, anyway, yeah. Cheryl and Veronica are commiserating. Veronica's on the no-visit list. But Cheryl can help her, because this one time Reggie got Cheryl a fake ID. So or, obviously well, he her Veronica went to, one. Uh, went to California. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, obviously, he can get Veronica one, which is obviously everyone who works at the prison knows. Who Veronica <laughs> Clearly, they're just gonna be like, "That's Veronica. You're Excuse Veronica. Me. We know who you are. You're Veronica. You come every day. <laughs> we know your face, Veronica. Whatever. So uh, Betty and Jughead confront Ethel about all her lies, and they confront her so hard that she has a seizure. Yep. And then, but then Evelyn comes in. She watches her seizure. Yeah, and Betty stares at Evelyn, and then, I don't think, I think Jughead also stops and doesn't actually get someone to help Ethel with her seizure. Uh, he's on his phone. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he has a cell phone, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, he has a cell phone. He should have been there at that riot. It's true. That not riot. Oh, Kevin, don't worry. Veronica figured out them knowing her face. She wears a bad blonde wig to the prison. She's clearly Veronica. But doesn't it kind of seem like maybe some of the prison guards might be on her side? I Because the guy's like, you got ten minutes. No, I, no, I think just, No, no, Aaron, stop trying to think that people are on Archie's side. <laughs> no one's on Archie's side in that prison. That one was a goof. <laughs> no one's on Archie's side in that prison. The prisoners will be soon. Yeah. Yeah. But the guards aren't. No. No, no one's on that side. It just hurt. The sky somehow, somehow worked. Have you ever seen... The 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 rapper musician Post Malone. No, he's got like a lot of like facial tattoos and things like that. They put him undercover to promote something for Omaze, and they just give him glasses and a hat. And when you look at him, you're like, you're clearly Post Malone. That's the thing. Veronica puts on like a Halloween wig. Like yeah. that's how good the quality of this wig it's, is. It's like when uh, in a series of unfortunate events, whenever uh, the uh, what's what's his name, Uncle. 
The guy who played by Jim Carrey. The oh, Neil Patrick yeah. Harris. Um, Otis nope. or something? Yeah. Whatever. He, him. Cause whenever, he, it's like whenever he puts on a disguise and everyone's like, oh, he looks totally different. But it's clearly the same guy. This is like the episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine when uh, Rosa dresses up as like the sweet southern lady. Yeah. And you're like, you're clearly. You're obviously Rosa. <laughs> you're obviously Veronica. Get out of here, Veronica. But anyway. no. Veronica's there. She's there from the local chapter of the Innocence Project, and she's going to get Archie out of jail. <laughs> also see her boyfriend. Great. Uh, another quick scene at uh, the ROTC where Kevin, Kevin Keller has it. joined to be with Moose Moore. And Moose's dad loves it. Yeah. Because he's good friends with Sar- Sergeant Keller. But, uh, Sheriff's Keller. He has uh, to know the dad Ke- Keller. He has to know that Kevin's gay, right? Yeah, Kevin's very open. Kevin's open, open, like very openly gay. But he still loves Kevin's dad, yes. so... He is welcome in the R, R O T C. Yeah. Uh, back of the jail cell. Archie, Archie gets, gets a, a weird nice... midnight visit from the warden. Yeah, who's who's super excited that Archie beat up those three grown men. Yeah, he's tapped. I'm like, so a boy fight club, or judging by what we just learned, this episode was named after maybe some form of sexual slavery. Both not great. Both not great. What mm. I can imagine the show doing. More likely than the other, one which has implications behind it by the title. So, let's look forward to next week's episode. <laughs> which hopefully will involve a boy fight club, not another boy club. It better involve a boy fight club. And if Willa Holland is not in charge of it, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> She's not on Arrow anymore. She has time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is Caitlin Cooper. She is from California. She will be in charge of the Boy Fight Club. She takes care of you boys. <laughs> you, you take care of her. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just see behind Willa Holland's eyes. She's like, why am I here? I should have stayed on Arrow. This is the weirdest cameo ever made. <laughs> it was just a trade. Now we need to move on to a weird scene. Where all the hot parents. So everyone. Every, we have we have lawyer McCoy, we have Mayor uh, Lodge, <laughs> Mayor Lodge, we, we have, have Dad Lodge, yeah, we, yeah, we have Luke Perry Andrews, we have uh, FP. FP, we have Alice. Penelope Blossom, Penelope Blossom's there, I guess, taking a break from her bo- her brothelness, and apparently they're worried, clear because the the kids are doing the same thing that they were doing, and their secret that they swore they cover up years ago might night. come out. That night that we'd never talk about before. So it has to do with griffins and gargoyles, clearly. Yep. And one of the parents is like, uh, the sheriff is in your pocket. Just shut it down. And then the mayor is like, yeah, but people keep talking about it in front of Jughead. So. <laughs> yeah. FB's like, Jughead knows. They're all like, oh, no. I feel like somehow this is going to ruin the timeline, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, this is going to be something that you cannot look back at season one and be like, Remember this. Because all of these parents were friends in high school and involved in something together. It, and not, once again, it's definitely gargoyles and, and was it, oh, griffins and gargoyles. Yeah, yeah. But involved, like... Oh. They, definitely, they murdered someone together. And what was Alice... No, not Alice. What was uh, Molly Ringwald Andrews doing during all of this? Because she also went to high school with them. Not, apparently she didn't play Griffins and Gargoyles with them. Or maybe she didn't, because Luke Perry Andrews dated Hermione in high school. Oh, maybe. And then she picked Hiram over him. Maybe. And then Luke Perry Andrews left and married the big city girl. 
I don't know. I Okay, I, anyway. This, this dumb let's carry along this dumb storyline because this goes right into Betty and Jughead who are like, ah, we have a new mystery. It's all connected. (laughs) Yes, it is. Betty's like, maybe it's all connected. Like, it's definitely all connected. Yeah, it's clearly all connected. Yeah. And then they're like, well, we're at the hospital from dropping Ethel off. Let's go say hi to Ben before we leave. And Ben is awake. And he's sitting in the window (laughs) of his room. And his mom is not there. Which is a grave misstep. Yeah. So he's uh he's sitting by the window and apparently they f- him and Dilton flipped a coin. Dilton was afraid, afraid. of ascending, but yep. he's not. He's going to go see Dilton. And also he'll be there waiting for Princess Ethelene when she joins him. And then, then he full on chaotic jumps out the window. Then, yeah, then he kills himself by jumping out a window. And he clearly lands on a parked car because yeah. all these alarms go off. Yeah. So. That's horrifying. So Dungeons and Dragons makes people commit suicide now. Only if there's a cult. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, th- I, I'm not thrilled about that. I'm hoping that Griffins and Gargoyles is like a home-brewed game that was invented by the cult. Not like... Because they've never heard of it before, so no. it's obviously not a... Well, no, but it's, it's clearly a reference to Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I know it is, but if it's like a creepy, terrible offshoot that was created by a cult, I'm okay with that. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where drama, in the guise of Dungeons & Dragons, disappeared into a bunker and came out as a dumb, dumb facsimile of itself, like Griffins and Gargoyles, a.k.a. drama? I did. And it's the fact that none of those cheerleaders had a cell phone to record the police brutality. Yeah, it, it, that's almost impossible to believe that none of them, and we don't even know how they got there. It's just like a hand wave of the situation. Yeah. Like, at least give me a reason they don't have their cell phones. Because this is 2018. They have camera phones. Yeah, like if, show if, them getting off the bus and leaving their bags and their phones on the bus. Or Or show, like, if they actually went to actual place that their phones were taken away from them or yeah, something. Yeah, show me literally anything because right now I just or or something that something show that like they tried to do it and they're like they suppressed it or it's or something. Or like, yeah, yeah, because that is a complex, realistic layer in our world. Yeah. Although this episode was very seventies feeling, like all of the costuming, all of the shots, all of the styling, <laughs> all of the storylines. So maybe we're supposed to believe. No, they nope. have cell phones because there was that dumb sticky maple episode. Well, we know what year it is. It's clearly this is modern day. But also it's not. It's an alternative universe. Ah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Somehow Arch takes place in all times and no time. Okay. It's true. Okay. Did you find a CW moment? Yeah, and it's that weird hissing boy. Oh, yeah. Is the fact that, like, the when they first found him, this boy who was like, ah, two people are going to be, a, you know, enemies are coming here. And he's fully, like, you know, Dil- Dilton has radicalized this young boy. He hides under the bed. And then when they shine a light on him, he goes, <laughs> like a vampire. And then they don't show how they subdue <laughs> and him. And then time skips forward by a few minutes. And he's just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm here because Dilton wants me. And I'm eating this food. I love pudding. <laughs> like, so there's... You're just going to hand wave <laughs> You're just going to hand wave that weird hissing boy and the fact that now 
now he's cool with you and like he doesn't like you but he's gonna be very open and just say things yeah i assume that betty just like very sweetly lured him out with the pudding (laughs) but show me that (laughs) what pudding comes out of a tin can of the stuff that's on uh, The Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure he's eating an... That's not pudding, Aaron. I'm pretty sure he's eating an MRI. No, there's an episode of The Walking Dead where Carl eats a whole, like, five-liter can <laughs> oh. of pudding. I'm pretty sure he's eating a... Is it MRIs? The, like, the... MREs. MREs. An MRI is... I, I know what <laughs> I know what an MRI is. You I just can't remember what the acronym all, was. No, I thought it was also called an MRI. Yeah, no, it's called an MRE. Because some things also... Some things just share acronyms and it's dumb. But there is some pudding that comes in cans... And whether or not he's eating an MRE, I choose to decide it's pudding. Okay. Makes it better. I know. I know you're trying real hard to, like, <laughs> to give, making people wink, making, giving pudding. I'm pretty sure Hiram <laughs> Assuming winks. Dungeons and Dragons exists in this universe. Some of my winks were jokes, but I'm pretty sure that Hiram winked. He did not wink at it. He, Hiram did not wink at that warden. Hiram is not a winker. Well, we'll see. No, he nodded at him. There's one thing we know, it's that RAS listens to this podcast. Hiram did not wink. And he will give me some winks in the future. No, but, yeah, but you don't know what winks are for, apparently. <laughs> give me them winks! You won't get in the way you want winks. Anyway, if you like this, you should give us a, uh, a rating. rating, a review, a subscription on Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your podcasts. Or tell me about winks that you like. Nope, tell your friends about the podcast. You could do it using Twitter. Then you can tag us in your tweet. We're Podcast MOA. Podcast MOA. You could also do that on some Instagram. Or you can email us. Also Podcast MOA. Podcast MOA at gmail.com. What is the warden's plan for Archie? What is the parent's secret? Are we all animals in here? In here? Are we animals? Do we become animals in here? In a cage, we are animals, are we? Answers to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast. In here.